0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Bizarro Cast. I'm your host, Chris Boyle. Thank you so much for listening, whenever and wherever you are. For anyone who has stumbled here without really knowing what Bizarro is, I'm going to give you a quick definition right off Wikipedia, the most accurate source of knowledge known to modern man. According to Wikipedia, Bizarro fiction is a contemporary literary genre which often utilizes elements of absurdism, satire, and the grotesque, along with pop's realism and genre fiction staples, in order to create subversive works that are as weird and entertaining as possible. Now with this spirit in mind, I welcome you to the first audio magazine dedicated entirely to this genre. Nothing in here will likely ever be safe for work, kids, or granny though, so keep that shit in mind. Today's story for March the 20th is by John Palisano, a great writer and a genuinely awesome dude. Originally from Connecticut, John started writing in middle school. By the time he was 13, he completed his first novella about a time-traveling teenager who saves the world from a monster. By a Victorian scientist lab. He used a flying go-kart to do so. John has been published in a number of places, such as The Horror Library, a great series of anthologies edited by R.J. Cavender, another awesome guy. John's novel Nerves, which is John Everson, Bram Stoker award-winning author of Siren and The Pumpkin Man, called X-Men Meets H.B. Lovecraft, is set to come out later this year through Bad Moon Books. Our narrator today is a special guest. Navy SEAL Team... 5 Commander Art, his, in addition to being a badass, appeared as an extra in Nip Tuck along with other shows. That's right, a Navy SEAL team leader, and they only cast him as an extra. But hey, that's Hollywood for you. So thank you all for tuning in. Now please, shut the fuck up and listen.
1: You ran two fingers across the flesh-covered wall. It pulsed underneath his touch, releasing warm, wheat-scented moisture. He hadn't expected his mother's response. She's everywhere now, he thought. The creepy kudzu-like flesh slowly ate away Hugh's past. On his way into the bathroom, he spotted a Nick halfway down the wall near the corner. Years ago, his brother had caused a blemish while rushing a tar amp around the corner. Dennis had long since abandoned them in favor of living a West Coast fantasy life with his tall European actress-girlfriend. That left Hugh, by himself, nursing their mother. Her government checks come through the mail. Deposit them in the ATM. Buy her food. Make sure there's a hat to wear. No one can see me this way. I'm supposed to have added up to something, after all, not doing anything but wasting away. Hugh opened the bathroom door and found she trespassed there as well. He lifted the toilet seat with the side of his foot. A puffy, fleshy mound covered the back toilet well preventing the seat from fully rising. A thin skin layer covered its top. That'll need fixing, he supposed. Where's Pop? He rests across his cot in the attic, watching shows. Never comes down. Doesn't know what's happening down here. He doesn't care about me anymore. When he emptied his bladder, Hugh saw her brown strands of skin bleed over and into the bowl. Spiraling together near the bottom. She's watching me, even in here. Her flesh had reached too far. Hugh needed privacy and normalcy. She's left nothing alone, he thought. My room's the only place I can still escape. How long until she gets inside there? He flushed and watched the soiled water twirl away. He smelled his own acrid stench and held back his gag, the lingering smell mixed with the smoky, mealy odor given off by her flesh. Remember when we were kids? We were all so close. We did everything together. Now we're far apart. The house should be condemned, there's filth everywhere. Greasy dirt piles line the corners. Huge holes crater out sheet rock. Clothes stacked high in our tub. Black bile fills our toilet. Cigarettes and ash. Turning toward the sink, Hugh was relieved that it had not been overtaken. He grasped a cool, hard metal handle. At least there was something steel remaining. The water felt clean. He washed his face and drank a double handful. As he wiped his hands, the hanging towel stuck against the wall. Peeling from its hanging loop, Hugh saw her creepy, fleshy fingers. He leaned down and rubbed his face with the towel until he was dry. Then he straightened up, wiped his hand across his pants, and went back into the hallway. To his left was Dennis's room, exactly as his brother had kept it years ago, after moving away for college. The last time Hugh remembered Dennis visiting their childhood home, He remarked at how shocking it was seeing so much despair and neglect, but that was before her flesh escaped her room, before the house had turned into Hughes Prison. It's where we grew up. We have endless memories here. Mom always said this place was a haven against the meanness of the world. She buried herself here with stacks of magazines against the windows and plastic bags stuck inside every nook. Dennis, I can help her if I stay. She won't let any fresh air inside. Everything left here smells like smoke. Everything in here has been ruined and left to rot. But I can help her. I can clean and I can help her. There's something weird here, his brother said. This isn't the place I grew up in. Hugh hung his head while watching his brother pack. Dennis moved into a hotel for the remainder of their vacation. That had been the last time Dennis set foot inside their childhood home. Hello, Dennis. This is your brother. Are you there? Can you give me a call back? Why don't you ever call me back? Why are you always too busy to talk to me anymore? Can't we be close like we were when we were kids? Where are you? Remember when you would stand between me and those fucking bullies at school? Remember how you kept your fist up and told me to run home while you took care of them? Remember that? I do. As Hugh hurried down the hall, he heard something hit the window. Oh no, they're back again. FREAK! Someone yelled from outside. Come out and play with us. What are you doing in there with her? He heard a second voice. Hugh put his hands over his ears. How had they found out where he lived? During his high school, discovering his address would have been simple enough. But they had graduated years ago. Why had they remembered him? Had they googled their old classmate and come across his name? Had they wanted to pick up where they left off with their jokes and punches? What did they want from him? Why couldn't they just go away and leave him alone with his bloated, rotten life? Hadn't they already taken enough? Why can't I just start over somehow? How come Mama's turning into this thing? What's happened to her? I thought she was supposed to protect me and love me. How is she sick like this? I can't get her help. No one can help her. Not even me anymore. Why won't you pick up the phone, Dennis? His nerves buzzed. He didn't want to be like her and hide inside his bedroom amid stacks of second-hand magazines and mounds of thrift store clothes, did he? He wouldn't peer out, afraid of seeing them strolling up the hill or even standing in his front yard. Oh no, not him. He couldn't let himself become devoured by fear. "'Pervert!' someone yelled. "'What are you doing? Fucking your mom again?' The mall. Hugh could almost smell his favorite squishy red fish. "'I need to get up there, get a game or a magazine.' Remember how much we used to love to go to the mall, Dennis? You'd go into the record store, I'd go into the game store, we'd be so happy. Everything was perfect. I still have all those old games, you know. If you want to play, we can look at them when you come. Safe within his own room and free from the taunts and ever-invading flesh, Hugh sank into his bed with his favorite deck of cards. He thumbed through them nervously, recognizing each stroke and color. He won the cards playing skee-ball on Cape May. It had been a proud moment, those games, his father later said. Guess they can pay off sometimes, eh? Hugh grinned and held the cards, the same lucky deck as tightly as he could. Hugh, come out and play. He switched on the air conditioner. It would be louder than he knew. He wondered how he might drown out their noise permanently. He wished Dennis still lived in the room next to him. Dennis always knew what to do, especially when there was trouble. And you know, Pop isn't doing so well ever since the accident. Where were you? You should have been there to help us with him. It's a miracle he's even still with us, you know. He should be dead right now. He isn't. He's up in the attic and doesn't want to know anything anymore. And Mother, well, you know what's going on with her, don't you, Dennis? Maybe I should talk to her. Make sure she's all right. Make sure she's okay. He sighed. He always told himself that he'd be stronger the next time things happened. He swore one day, well, one day enough would be enough and he'd walk out. She'd keep the house, she was slowly eating all by herself. You only have one mother, don't you? You don't want to lose that no matter what. Hugh hopped off his old bed. One of those old springs made a strange buoyant sound. He slept on top of the mattress so long, he knew where the dead spots were and weren't. Damn, he thought. She'll hear me coming. He looked around the bedroom and waited for her call. Usually, once she heard him get up, she called for him to come and bring her food, or a glass of milk, or a cigarette, or her mail. She remained silent. Weird? That's funny. Hugh opened his bedroom door and rushed back towards the hallway. There, he slipped on something squishy on the floor. When he looked down, he spotted more flesh spilling from the walls. Oh no, his gut wrench. Hugh rounded the corner and rushed into his mother's room near the end of the house. Mother? He said. He's never, gone, he's never grown past addressing dressing with stilted, frightened tone. Is everything okay? As soon as he opened the door, Hugh realized that no, everything was not okay. He gagged from the acrid stench coming from her ballooning outsides. The entire room was filled as she melted off the bed and onto the floor. Mother? He could not see her breathing. Her fleshy mounds pulsed. He missed her face. It did not light up when Hugh entered... Her big black eyes did not pop open and blink. Her mouth did not move. Her essence sank into the bed. Her head leaned towards one side and he barely recognized her face. Most of it had slipped away. Mother? Pop, can you hear me? Why can't you help me anymore? Why won't you help me? Come downstairs and see what's happening. Can't you make yourself walk again? Ever since the accidents, I know. But won't you at least try for me? Moving closer to the bed, he felt flesh squish and slide under his feet. No, can't be. All she left was her creepy, gooey flesh. With her head reduced to bone, she reminded Hugh of a lamb's head the Butcher counter-displayed. But hers was no lamb's head. She was his mother. She stood outside the old yellow Volvo waiting for Hugh after the last day of school. She waved and smiled. They were going to Playland to celebrate. They were getting pizza and hot dogs and cotton candy and they'd ride the Dragon Coast t- until they couldn't take a minute more. They could go into Oldie's tent and dance with the old fifty song she loved. Later she'd tuck him in and he'd sleep with his window open for the first time, letting the smells of freshly cut gla- grass and nighttime ozone into his room. He stood. She's gone and I'm alone now. He stared at her skull, his jaw hanging open. Should I go over and nudge her? He stepped closer and reached out a finger. Mother? He poked her skull. It rolled back and forth and toppled onto the goopy flesh. He saw the cavity inside her neck. He saw her bones sticking out. He rushed outside the room before he chanced seeing more. He couldn't stay a moment longer, not with her dead and not with her dying flesh covering everything. When Hugh rushed away, he realized his mother was alive. The walls pulsed. She'd gotten thicker and covered the ceilings too. Get out of here now, he thought. Her flesh was knee deep and clutched Hugh. Don't think about it, just go. The walls closed together, he tried walking. The flesh grew quicker and more sudden. Transparent, sticky goo bubbled to the surface, covering his elbows and arms. Toward the end of the hall, Hugh felt flesh from the ceiling grasp his scalp. She's not going to let me get out, he thought. I'm trapped. He remembered his room and all the things he kept and recalled his childhood. Hugh pictured his cigarettes and ashtray and really wanted one last smoke before she swallowed him. He couldn't move. Below her flesh, her muscles strengthened. Hugh found himself no match. He shut his eyes as it closed in. He felt this moist, slippery, salty substance on his eyelids and lips. He could no longer feel. She's got some kind of numbing fluid on me. Hugh passed out and woke. He had no idea how long he blacked out for. But he hadn't dreamt. Around him, he saw darkness and skin. He heard the rushing sound of blood and fluids around him. He saw veins and muscles and felt a warm, cradling caress. Hugh tried stretching, but found he could not. How am I breathing? He could not figure out how. He realized that around him, his clothes were gone and his skin itched and burned. Am I dead? Please, God, tell me I'm dead. But he was alive. The itching and burning became much more uncomfortable. To his right, he made out the open door to Dennis' old room and he saw inside. There, inside, sitting on top of the bed, he saw his brother. Dennis did not look up and see his brother pass alongside the hallway. Instead, Dennis faded. Hugh felt the flesh moving him along. I'm upstairs, still in the hallway. She's trapped me in her skin. Then he tried to speak. Where are you, mother? His lips wouldn't move. Nothing would move. So he thought as hard as he could. Mother, where are you? She didn't answer him. Hugh drifted inside the flesh. There was wetness all around, yet his lungs found a way to breathe. Surrounded by illuminated flesh, Hugh put a hand up and scratched his head. My hair's coming out. Strands freed from his scalp. He felt the skin tighten and eyelids puff. His field of vision narrowed. Withdrawing inside his body, Hugh's shorter arms twisted. His hands no longer had wrinkles, and the branch-like veins vanished replaced with smooth, virginal skin. Beneath the surface, a deep orange fluid pulsed. Memories faded. Ideas distorted. Sensations lessened. Light trickled ahead from the doorway. That's what it's looked like when it's open. Hugh hoped and prayed he'd be delivered safely outside his mother's flesh, moving him along. Dennis, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm going to start over now. Everything. Right from the beginning. Maybe I'll see you there, too. Maybe this time I can make everything all right. Maybe this time I won't mess it all up. Maybe I'll be able to not let all this happen. Maybe things will be better. Maybe we can start over again today.
0: Family can be a difficult thing sometimes. Family can represent safety, security, love, and support. But there's a dark side that we all know. Family can be a living example of our limitations, or the fates that we hope to avoid, or a constant source of judgment, or a constant weight. The story seemed to mean a lot of things. The thing I love most about it is the sense of a slow-coming doom. The thing that you can't fight. The thing that you can't kill. The thing that you can only hope will love you as it consumes you whole. What were your thoughts, though? Please leave your ideas on the story or the podcast in the comments section. And please remember that the Bizarro cast is a paying market, and that the only way we could pay our authors is through donations. So if you like what you heard, and you have a few extra bucks, hit the PayPal donate button. Not only will every cent be appreciated, but you'll be helping us keep chugging along and bringing more awesome shit to you. If you're as broke as me though, I'll love you just as much if you blog about us, tweet about us, Facebook about us, or go real old school and stand out on the corner shouting about us to strangers. Music is thanks to Duckett and can be found at uh, digs.ccmixer.com. Username, Duckett. Spelled D-U-C-K-E-T-T. Until next time, kids, remember, you're only born if you're born.